Kohen. Thank you. You may be seated. Very good. Great to see you all in uh, the wonderful West Coast of South Australia. And it, and it really is. Uh, when, you, when we get the invitation to be a part of West Coast gatherings like this, um, the answer is always yes. We love it over here. And uh, we love it because of uh, the people. And uh, we definitely uh, want to, uh, while we're saying nice things about one another, um, we really genuinely do um, love you, Robert and Pauline Santo, and your family. We had the wonderful privilege last night of having a meal in their home uh, with their children. And they really are just an incredible family. We love them to bits. And, um, you know, thank you for what you do in leading the region. Um, you know, there is no doubt, and I can say this, um, you don't like to say it about yourself, but I now get to say it about someone else. When, when, you, know, when you do something extra outside of leading your church, like, a, like serving on a state executive and running regions and things, that comes at a cost. Um, comes at a cost to the leadership team here because they, um, you know, uh, see Rob go and do other things, and it's sometimes at, at the expense of his, of his mindset. Um, as he's having to think about other things outside of what's happening locally. And so it comes at a cost. And um, you know, just want to honour you for that, Rob. Uh, as Vice President, you've just been uh, an incredible support to me personally. Yeah. And, uh, and the work that he does around the state that, you know what, when, most people won't see and know about. You know, we come to state conference and, and I get to take a platform and, and share and do things. And, but Rob really carries a huge load around the state and so really love you mate and appreciate everything that you do and Pauline you're great your family seriously your kids are a credit to you guys they are and uh, they're a real credit to you um, people who you know we're very fortunate you know our children we've got two wonderful children in the house of God serving God and, and we Sharon and I often get told you know great things about our kids and to us it's the greatest um, the greatest compliment um and, and our greatest ministry is to our children. I say that understanding that maybe that's not the scenario that we're all in today. But, you know, God is a God of grace and he's a God of restoration. And if your kids are not walking with the Lord right now, then you know what? It's not over. It's not over yet. Keep praying for them. Keep loving them. Keep embracing them. Keep showing them the love of Christ. And uh, we believe for, for your children that they will also give their their allegiance to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Anyway, it's wonderful. Josh Santo, you know, um, I really see for you, mate, um, you know, I don't have anything too extravagant, but I was just, just during worship, just getting a sense of, for your life, um, I, I just see a ministry that God is, is setting up for you that is, I get the wrong, I get the word strong, strong and influential. And but there's a reason for it. I don't know what the strong and influential will look like, but God, God has prepared you and is preparing you for a ministry of impact and strength. I see the word strength. And what I see, though, is because of any great house, you know, we can drive past, we can go for a drive this afternoon and look at some wonderful houses. And go, wow, isn't that house incredible? But who knows that that house's ability to stand lays in its foundation, which you don't see. Nobody, you don't go and have a party and go, well, let's, let's celebrate the foundations, right? Some people don't walk into your house and go, oh, well, your foundations are incredible. Some of the nicest decor foundations that I've seen, they don't do that. They, they go, oh, wow, your kitchen's awesome, your view's awesome. But who knows that none of that is possible. None of that is possible without a solid, strong, deep, well-planned, well-prepared foundation. And Josh, you have been laying a foundation, right? 
year in, year out, month in, month out. And I know you said a few things to me last night of, you know, where you'd like to be or whatever, but you need to know, right? The steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And I, I, I genuinely believe that you're walking with the Lord, right? And He leads us and He guides us. And uh, I tell you what, mate, um, just, just keep following Him. Keep trusting Him. You're doing great. And, it's, and what you see in your future, some people will go, oh, wow, Josh Santo, is that... You know, people who saw you speak at State Conference and might have gone, oh, wow, Josh Santo, did you, you, you spoke so well. You're incredible, right? And people often look at the fruit, but they don't look at what was sown, right? What you're sowing, yeah, the roots. And what you're sowing, just keep going, brother. All right, how old are you? 25, come on. You've got a great future ahead of you, and I just want to encourage you today, mate. You know, sometimes we just need to be encouraged just to keep doing what we're doing. You know, not have some new, oh, well, what, what's the new next shiny? No, no, just to be encouraged, keep doing what we're doing, keep being faithful. One of the greatest things that can be said about any of us in our ministries is we were faithful. Keep being faithful, Josh. You don't need to worry about what happens next. Just keep being faithful. Amen? You're a good young man. I love you very, very much. All right, there you go. Psalm 23. We're going to get there in a second. Before we do that, infomercial time. We have national conference. It's happening. And uh, national conference is happening uh, in a very shabby place called the Gold Coast. Um, yeah. So that's April 20 to 22, if I'm not mistaken. April 20 to 22, sound about right? Yeah. Um, early bird finishes at the end of this month in terms of registration. I know for some you might go, are you serious? We're having a conference. Don't, does not anyone understand what's going on? Yeah, we understand what's going on. And that's why it's so important that we come together. Uh, we understand what's going on, and I don't think there's ever a better time for us to be, as the conference has been themed, one, one, to come together as one. And uh, you see what happened. We had 24 hours together as a state, and people, you know, b biggest attendance we've had in a long time for a lot of different reasons. But uh, I just think with the, the year that we've had and the times in which we live, I think, you know, if we don't yearn and desire to be together more so, then, then we're missing something. So I want to encourage you. I know for some of you might be like, Josh, I want to be there, but it's, it, it's, as, a, as a senior pastor, it might be finances. If you are a senior pastor and finances are the only thing that are going to stop you from getting there, would you please reach out to us at the state office? And I mean that. You can contact myself or just, even better still, just go straight to Rob. If you genuinely just can't get there purely because of dollars and cents, just talk to us uh, about that, right? Because um, I think it's really important. It's an important time for our nation. It's an important time for our movement, uh, for us to be together. Um, Speakers-wise, it's just going to be us Aussies. It's going to be us Aussies. We can't fly in any, you know, Americans or anything. Dave Hall can do an American accent. <laughs> later on, later on, I, I, when he preaches later on, I've said to him, could you please do a Rodney Howe and Brown impersonation? <laughs> just a little bit of Rodney. It is the best. I know he's not American, but he is anyway, whatever. But, um, but it's going to be the Aussies. And I don't exactly know which Aussies it's going to be, but it's going to be family. A bit like what we did at our state conference. We just, we're going to celebrate us. And, um, and it's not going to be celebrating. You know, I, I love the conversations that have been going on uh, with the national team is let's not celebrate the big, let's celebrate everybody. So as we come together, we're a family. It's not about how big you are. It's got nothing to do with that. We're not going to just celebrate the big. We're going to celebrate one another. Um, and there's going to be stories circulating of, of things that are happening right across our states, right across our nation. And so I really do want to encourage you. Um, you know, I'm not a big salesman. It's not my thing. 
but um, I think it'd be great if we can all, you know, as pastors, if we could get there, fantastic. It's a great time to catch up with everyone too. And, um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty average location, so who'd want to go, really? So anyway, there you go. So any information you need, see Rob or uh, contact Leanne, the state office. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, um, I've got a bit of time, and then uh, it's great to have um, Pastor Dr. Reverend Dean with us, and he has all those. He's a credentialed pastor, but he is actually a doctor of theology, and uh, he, he is the uh, campus leader or camp, campus state director, thank you, of um, Alpha Crucis Adelaide, which is actually happens to be at this stage located uh, in our facility there at Melrose Park. So Dean works in the offices alongside us. Dean's fantastic. He's passionate about um, what he does. He's passionate about education and he's passionate about pe people studying and growing and, and knowing the Word of God. So we'll, we'll uh, after my little bit, um, I think we're going to hear a little bit from Dean, so look forward to that. But it's good to have Dean travelling with us. He's an awesome, awesome person. Love him. All right. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Just on that, verse 3, he refreshes my soul. You know, I got a picture during uh, worship. And have you ever, I don't know if you watch football, um, and in, when they play in Queensland and places like that in the more warmer climates, what will happen is as the players come off for their interchange break, they'll have these fans there with misters on them and, and it's blowing this fresh, cool water and mist on them to help just bring them down and just recover them and refresh them. And I actually got a picture of that for the, for the like Dave said, uh, the, the time that we have now is not just, oh, let's get together. I think God's got a plan for our time together. And, and I just got a sense that, you know, sometimes... I get that picture, like the player comes from the field, right? Not because he's done something wrong. He's not benched because he's done something. He, it, it's, it's a part of just being refreshed to then go back out into the game again. And I just I see that today. You know, where you're all in your churches and your regions and you're, and you're doing the work of the ministry. But I just got a sense today that there is going to be like that mist. And I saw a mist just blowing through this place and blowing over your life. And I pray that today, tomorrow... You know, whether it's in the meetings or across meals, whatever it looks like, or just the fact that you're out of your ordinary environment uh, and in the beautiful environment of Port Lincoln, I just pray that you, you sense a refreshment of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it says, the Lord is my shepherd, he refreshes my soul. And if you were a little bit tired in your soul this year, that's okay. You could be forgiven for being a little bit tired in your soul. But, you know, I'm praying and believing for you today and in the days to come that you're going to experience that refreshment. Right? And just receive that mist. Let that mist just refresh. Just let it blow over you. Just like David said, just, just, just let, it, let it. Well, he didn't really. He said you've got to take it. So anyway, but um, we're going to let it happen So in Jesus' name. But he refreshes my soul. So that's for someone. You're going to be refreshed in these next couple of days. And it's going to be more than, oh, that was nice. It's actually going to be deep in your soul. You're going to have a real sense of refreshment. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake, not for my glory, not that my name might be famous, not that we might have celebrity pastors, not that we might be big shots. No, he guides me along the right paths for his glory, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Come on. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I love this part. I just feel like it's a bit of a dirt moment. Surely. 
And it's all in how you say it, but surely your goodness and love will follow me as if it's like, as if it, like, what other option is there? Like, what else would happen? Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. You know what? All the days, even in a pandemic days, even in 2020, it doesn't say all the days except for when there's a pandemic, all the days when there's JobKeeper. No, no. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. All the days. And I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord forever. So I think we all recognize that 2020 has thrown everything upside down and inside out. Um, you go, wow, Josh, you're, you're very prophetic. No, it's pretty obvious. Okay, so as I speak to people like yourselves and people in my church and different people across the body across, I'm hearing story and story after story of people who are experiencing challenge and change, right? And it's been thrust upon them unexpectedly. The pandemic of 2020 was thrust upon us unexpectedly. You know, a popular word, I'm sure you've heard it, uh, that's been used to describe how we've navigated 2020 so far is the word pivot. Yeah, have you heard that, anyone? You know, pivot. You haven't heard it, Rob? Okay. All right, we'll talk to you later about it. Um, <laughs> but it's the word pivot. What's that talking about? We've, this year, we've had to learn more than ever, I believe, to be flexible and to be adaptable. True? Flexible and adaptable. But with all of that change and all of the challenge that we've been experiencing and all of the adapting, to me, it's no wonder that as I'm speaking to many people in, in ministry positions and in non-ministry positions in terms of, you know, full-time sort of scenarios that people are, I'm finding people really asking a lot of questions about their future, asking a lot of questions about what's next, and, in, and really in need of some guidance. It's very clear that people are, have been in a, in, in a time of reflection, uh, in a time of really looking back. You know, that's what happens when you get time. Sharon and I just had two weeks holidays, and all of our plans got ruined. We couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. The first week of our holidays coincided with the new lockdown, so we stayed home. <laughs> And then the second week, um, because of the lockdown, even things were a little bit better, the things that we had booked, they just said, no, it's not happening. And uh, so we were basically home for two weeks. Some of you might say, that's awesome. Not so much. It was a bit boring. But what it allowed for was a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to think. And I know even for Sharon and I, it caused us to... We, we, we did a 10-year plan on our holidays. We're meant to be on holidays. We're not meant to be doing 10-year plans, but that happened because we started to reflect and go, where are we at? I'm 47. Well, I'm going to be 50 in three years. What does the next decade look like for me? Where, where are we going? What does it look like for our kids and our family and our finances and our emotions? And we went through all the five key areas of our life and just went, what does it look like? What does the future look like? As we reflect, and Sharon and I realized, you know what? We are in need of some guidance. And so I caught up with a couple of respected people that just to help us process that and help us set some, some questions around that to go, you know, what will the next 10 years look like in light of where we've been? And as I talk to people, they might not be where I'm at with that or, or asking the same questions, but people are asking a lot of questions. And I believe that there is no greater time right now that, that, that we seek the guidance of our Father. Questions that I've heard people asking, what will my job look like? And you're experiencing, just so you know, by the way, this message that I'm sharing with you today was not what I was going to share with you. I had a, a more of a leadership message. This isn't a leadership message today. This is actually just me speaking to you today, talking. You've got to be, all right, that's, that's what we're doing. It's, uh, it's, it's going in a bit of a different direction, but I feel it's what the Holy Spirit wants to do today. What will my business look like? What will my finances look like? Not everyone in this room is in, in, in paid ministry positions. 
So what will my business look like? What will my living situation look like? What will my retirement look like? What will my study plans look like? And so on and so forth. And as I've been reflecting on that and listening to the conversations and, and hearing where people are at, Psalm 23, I believe, for the days in which we live and the days that we are walking right now is probably one of the greatest passages of Scripture that give us great comfort, but also gives us great clarity for the days in which we live. Comfort and clarity. I mean, you just take some time to go through there. As a pastor, if you're looking for a series for you, just, just go line by line through Psalm 23 and preach that for a little while. You'll be there for a bit. You'll be there for a bit. There's a lot in there. And I recognize that, and some of you are like, oh, gosh, Josh, you read the whole psalm. Are we, is that where we're going today? Not the whole psalm. Not the whole psalm. But I wanted to stay on the opening sentence. The first five words, the first five words, to me, has it all. Whether you're experiencing a mountaintop right now where you go, Josh, if I be honest, everything I'm touching is working. It doesn't matter what we initiate, people turn up. It happens, we get, it's fruitful, man. I'm in a mountaintop season right now, couldn't be better. Whether you're there or whether you're in the valley and you go, you know what, Josh, I'm on my hands and knees. I feel like everything I touch, I spoil. I feel like everything I put my hand to dies. I, I just feel like nothing's working. You know, whether you're in the, on the mountaintop today or whether you're in that valley position or you're somewhere in between because you're going to be somewhere in that spectrum, in that line. I, I believe that, these five words say everything that we need and they give us everything we need and it's these words, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, when David thought about his relationship with God, he makes the analogy of a shepherd and his sheep, right? And so God was like a shepherd to David and David is saying, I'm like a sheep to God. Now, what do shepherds do? There's many things you could look at. But really, if you want to put it into a nutshell, shepherds, their job is to guide, to care, and to protect. Guide, care, and protect. What about a sheep? Now, we could have some fun with that because sheep are interesting characters and interesting. And you're like, I don't know if I want to be aligned to a sheep. But let's be honest, as humans, come on, we are interesting ourselves. In my family, we always, you know, we, you say, oh, are we a normal family? And then we go, well, what is normal, though? What is actually normal, David Becker? Someone define normal. We're normal to us, but other people go, oh, you're not normal. So what is normal? We are, just like sheep, we are interesting. But what about sheep? What do they do? Here's one thing. You you might say, oh, Joshua, it's this. Uh, No, 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 I'm going to tell you. There is one thing that sheep are to do. It's this. Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the, you stay close to the shepherd. If the shepherd's job is to guide, care, and protect, you stay close to the shepherd. You'll, be, you'll get the guidance, you'll get the care, and you'll, you'll receive the protection. Now, this is not a new idea. Some of you are like, well, Josh, amazing. No, you're not really thinking that, but I want you to think that. It's not a new idea, right? This actually begins as, as early as in the book of Genesis, where Moses called the Lord the shepherd. He called the Lord the shepherd. Right? It's in Genesis 49, 24. You go to the New Testament, obviously it's all through there, um, the, the references to you know, Jesus and being the shepherd and the chief shepherd. John 10, 11 and 10, 14 says that Jesus clearly spoke of himself as the good shepherd, the good shepherd, who what? Gives his life for the sheep. Hebrews 13, 20 speaks of Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep. I love this one. This one, 1 Peter 2, 25. 
calls Jesus the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. The overseer of our souls. Is he the overseer of your soul today? 1 Peter 5.4 goes on to call Jesus the chief shepherd. Numero uno. The chief shepherd. Don't you think, I'll just stop for a moment. To me, it's remarkable that the Lord would call himself our shepherd. Because in, in ancient Israel and many of the ancient cultures, a shepherd's work was considered the lowest work of all. Right? The youngest son would be chosen for that. That's why David ended up a shepherd. It was given to the young, it was like, you know, what, what were his brothers doing? Oh, they're out in war and in battle and being manly men. And what did David get? Oh, well, you're the youngest, you go tend to the flock. And so it was classed as a lowly assignment. And it was actually an unpleasant assignment, having to take care of the sheep. You could say it was the short straw. Now, I'm the youngest of four boys, I get it. Oh, I get it. I'm the youngest of four boys. I know, I feel for David. <laughs> but with all of that in mind and understanding the culture of the day and understanding how it worked, in how society and how culture worked, the Lord chose, chose to be our shepherd. To be our shepherd. It's like the great God of the universe has stooped down and he's gone, you know what, I'm coming and I'm going to take care of you. The great shepherd, a shepherd who leads us. You see, he leads me. The shepherd was a guide. This is, I hope you catch this. To me, this is, this is everything. You see, the shepherd was a guide. The shepherd's job is to lead and to guide the sheep. So the sheep didn't need to know where the green pastures or the still waters were. They didn't need to know that. All they needed to know was where the shepherd was. They just need to know where the shepherd was. You see, think about you and I. The world is conditioned. We want green pastures and still waters. Man, we, we push for it. We strive for it. Oh, if only I could get my church into a green pasture. If only I could be beside. And we strive and we push and we try to find ourselves in green pastures. We've got it back to front. And we've got it upside down. The Lord is my shepherd. My job is not, as a pastor of a church, to keep looking for green pastures. My job is to stay close to the shepherd. To stay close to the shepherd. He guides us. He guides us to green, you know, there are green pastures for your church. All you've got to do is stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd. So again, I ask, well, who or what guides your life? Ambition? Looking at the guy down the road and doing better than him or her? Maybe your emotions? Up, down, frustrations? What about the well-intentioned but the ill-informed opinions of others? I think we call them experts. Isn't it amazing how many people are experts about our lives? <laughs> Matt, yeah? <laughs> so as we look to close out 2020, and we're all going to set our focus on another year called 2021, this is what I believe. Some people are like really worried, nervous, anxious. Well, what's the future going to hold? I'm in the complete opposite camp to that. I am bold, confident, expectant, and excited for what lies ahead. Why? Because I'm staying close to the shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. Remember one of my youth pastors gave me a great analogy. He says, you know what, Josh? 
as, as, as you pursue God and as you lead, he goes, don't, don't, don't be one of those leaders that goes and, and, and just runs out in your own steam and then ask God to get on board with what you're doing. He says, be one of those leaders that says, God, which way is the wind blowing? Holy Spirit, which, which way are you breathing? And, allow, and, and just get on board with that. You know, sometimes we try to create our own waves. It's like, oh God, can you just, why don't we just get on his wave? Why don't we just get on his wave? He leads me. He's my shepherd. And so I believe we can go into, as pastors now, and as leaders leading other people, I, I hope that and pray that you can go into next year confident and bold and expectant and excited, not based on what you're seeing with the natural eye, not based on what you're seeing, because we know the Elijah with his servant, his servant comes out in fear because they're surrounded. And what does Elijah say? He says, he says Lord, would you open the eyes of his heart? And what happens? His eyes are opened. His spiritual eyes are opened. And all of a sudden, he lifts his eyes and he sees beyond what's coming against him. And he sees on the hills around the armies of the Lord surrounding. I believe this is a great time for us to have our spiritual eyes awakened. Let's not lead our churches in the natural. Great programs. I'm all Systems and stuff, all good. But let's make sure we've got the Spirit of God breathing. Let's make sure we're close to the shepherd. Let's make sure we're close to the shepherd, Robert. Yeah? Now, real quickly, this is a, this is a practical message, and some of you are going to be like, Josh, some of us, are, we're pastors, we've been preaching the word a long time. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Here we go, five ways that God guides us. If the Lord is my shepherd, I think today this message is simple, but I pray it's a reminder to us that he is our shepherd. And there, is, there are ways that he guides us, and I pray that we allow the we're allowing the shepherd to guide us and we're not just walking our own path. The first way that he guides us is through his word. Is there anyone here today you go, oh Josh, I'm desperate for a word from God. Anyone? Anyone? You're too scared to put your hand up, aren't you? Um, I hope that all of us are. Man, I, I need a word right now. I need something for my situation. I, I, I need something. I, I need a rhema word. I need a now word. I, I need a download from heaven right now. I, I just need something, God, that's going to set my focus for 2021. I've got challenges in my church. I've got challenges with boards. I've got challenges with people. I've got challenges, whatever it is. I've got challenges, God, and I, I'm just believing that you're going to give me a word, something I can stand on. And I pray today that the visiting ministry will give me a word. Well, I've got news for you today. I've got a word for every single one of you. So if you just form a line over here. Oh, no, no, no. Problem is, I just don't know which word's yours. But it's in here. It's actually in here. I just don't know which one's yours. But I do have one for you. So how about, as pastors and leaders, we get old-fashioned and get into the Word. <laughs> get into the Word. Everything we need. There is no scenario, no situation. There is no pandemic that the Word of God doesn't have an answer to, that doesn't have encouragement for, that doesn't have a strategy, that doesn't have something for us to hold on to and go, you know what? You can throw everything you like at me. I will stand because I've built my house upon the rock, not upon the shifting sands. What is that? The Word of God. We build on the rock by building on the Word. I heard someone say, I think it was Phil Pringle, it blew my mind. It might have been Phil Pringle or it might have been John Bevere. One of them said, you know, when you think about sand, right, what is that? That is just basically broken down rock. That's basically when we've taken little bits 
You build on the sand when you go, you know what, I'm just going to take the bits I like. So we go into the Word of God and we go, we take the bits we like. That's how you end up building on the sand when you go, you know what, I'm just going to take the bit. The bits that challenge me, the bits that are a bit too hard for me, I'm going to leave them behind. That's how we end up building on sand is when we just take the bits we like and leave the rest. No, 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 the full Word of God, everything we need is in it. So that's the first way God guides us. And you go, Psalm 119, 105, what does it say? Your word is a lamp to my feet. Then it says what? A light to my path. So the word of God's going to illuminate the steps that I'm walking today, but also give me a light to the path as I walk in the future. So the word of God guides us, amen? Second area is the Holy Spirit, or the second way God guides us is through the Spirit. Jesus made some bold statements. And one of them was this, in John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus didn't promise to teach us a truth. He said that he is the truth. And he also promised the disciples, he says, I'm not going to always be here with you. There is a time coming, I'm not going to be with you. But there is one who's going to come. And he promised the Holy Spirit, yeah? And we have the Holy Spirit with us. And so we have the Holy Spirit with us. We have within us the truth we have in the holy spirit the truth john 16 13 but when he the spirit we even refer to the holy spirit as what the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth we carry the holy spirit therefore we carry the truth we have access we we are not on in the search of the truth we have the truth we carry the truth in the person of jesus and in the person of the holy spirit we carry truth and so jesus was promising that to us and what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Or one of the major roles is to guide us into truth. Guide us into the life and the person of Jesus Christ. Because didn't, didn't um, Jesus say that? That the Holy Spirit would come and remind us of the things that Jesus had spoken. So the role of the Holy Spirit is to continually remind us of the, of the words that Jesus spoke. To bring us back to truth. Worldly opinions. My stupid ideas. Holy Spirit, I need truth words of Christ. Whew. Truth. I think some of us have just stopped asking the Holy Spirit what he thinks. I really do. I think some of we stopped referring uh, to, to the Holy Spirit and actually saying, Holy Spirit, I'm about to walk into this meeting. What do you want to do? Holy Spirit, we've got this challenge in the book. Holy Spirit, I've got this. Some people, oh, I, I wish the Holy Spirit would guide me. Invite him. Just as I say, Robbie, would you like to have coffee this afternoon? Yep, cool. I invite Robin Coffee. says, yeah, I'd love to have coffee. That is, the, that is how we interact with the, Hey, Holy Spirit, I've got this challenge right now. I've got this relation. Uh, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at odds with my wife. Holy Spirit, what do I do? Help me, Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit going to do? No, I'm a bit busy. No, the Holy Spirit's role is to guide us into truth. And what does the truth do? The truth frees us. Not our truth, not, a, not our interpret. The truth of the Word of God frees us. So do you know the voice of the shepherd? Third area is through wise counsel. How does God guide us? Through wise counsel. See, I believe this word's really important because we don't graduate from these things when we become pastors. Oh, well, when I was young and growing up, I needed this, but now I am the numero uno. No, we are not the numero uno. He is the numero uno. You know? walking this morning and you know asking the Holy Spirit well, what does he want to say today and that's when I sh shifted to this message 
because I think it's in 1 John 4 where it says we love because he first loved us. And I've got this thought. As leaders here today, we lead because he first led us. We lead as pastors and we lead our environments because we are first led by him. If we're not being led by the Father, if we're not being led, then how do we lead? Just like, how do I love if I don't grasp and understand that he loved me first? I can't outlove God. I love because he loved me. And then the love that I have is an overflow. So I get the same picture that my ability to lead others comes from my ability to allow God, the shepherd, to lead me. Yeah? So we never graduate from this stuff. Oh, Josh, why did you come all the way over to... T- oh, that was from my youth pastor. No, no, no. This, we, we do not graduate from this. Wise counsel. When you're leading a church, you still need wise counsel, amen? And there is great value and safety in receiving opinions and input from a multitude of counselors. There really is. There is no woman, there is no man who has all the gifts and has all the wisdom. So we need a multitude of counselors who can bring together... Right? And, and work well together with us to bring greater wisdom so that we make safe and wise decisions. All I would say is, on a side note, just ensure that your multitude of counsellors has some runs on the board. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. You've heard the saying, I won't go there. But, but do they have runs on the Do they actually have some life experience? doesn't mean they have to, you know, when I say some runs on the board, doesn't mean that they have to be perfect. We all learn from our mistakes. But have they got up, dusted themselves off, gone again? Do they have life experience? Are they the sort of people that will speak you, to you the truth, not just what you want to hear? Do they know the Word of God? Really, what am I saying? In your multitude of counsellors, don't, don't look for the ones that are just going to go with you all the time. But look for those who are mature, have character and are godly. Amen? Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice and accept discipline. At the end, you will be counted among the wise. So, you know, in... in in my role as a state president, my role in my church, I am still surrounded by a multitude of counsellors. David knows that um, without sharing details, but there are people that as I'm navigating my 10 years, next 10 years, and wondering what God might be saying and doing, there are trusted men and women of God that Sharon and I reach out to as our trusted counsellors, and they are people who are going to challenge my thinking, and they do. They don't just go, oh yeah, Josh, that sounds wonderful. They, they cause me to think, well, what about this? What about that? dude, you just need to chill out here. And you need. And so, you know, we never graduate from that anyway. Here's, here's one for you. This is the last one. That's no, not second to last. Common sense. <laughs> How does God guide us? Common sense. Ask yourself this question when you're facing major decisions or a challenge. Does it make sense? There's a spiritual question. You, you go, Joshua, I'm not sure where you're going with this. This sounds very human, humanistic. No, no, no. When you are yielded to the Spirit of God, He helps us to think clearly and sensibly. When I'm close to the shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. So if I'm close to the shepherd, I'm yielded to the Spirit, then doesn't the Spirit help me to think 
clearly and sensibly. So common sense is one of the ways that God guides me. When God delivered Peter from prison, the angel, listen, the angel supernaturally removed the chains, let him pass two guards, then miraculously opened an iron gate before him. But then once they hit the street, the, it says the angel departed. And from there, Peter was left to work things out. Common sense. God isn't going to do for us what he has supplied for us to do for ourselves. And so common sense is actually one of the ways, does it make sense? God has made us as thinking beings, hasn't he? And he guides our minds what? As we walk in close relationship, we've got to stay close to the shepherd. That's the key. So that we avoid that super spirituality that expects an inward voice to guide every little detail of my life. Well, what should I have for breakfast this morning, Holy Spirit? Now, I mean, feel free. That's what you do. That's good. But, I mean, for me, I just go to the pantry. I just see what's there. It's either Wheat Bix or it's Wheaties. I mean, that's... You know, I can ask the Holy Spirit all I like for Cocoa Pops, but if they're not in the pantry, guess what? I'm not having Cocoa Pops. And I wouldn't ask the Holy I'd ask the other Holy Spirit for the Cocoa Pops. Sharon. Sharon, do you think we could have some Cocoa Pops? <laughs> James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously. All I'll say is, if we don't need to use our common sense and the way that God's used our brain to walk closely with Him and think and navigate, then why would we need to ask for wisdom? We wouldn't need it, because we wouldn't have to think. The Holy Spirit would just sort it all out for us. No, no, no. We ask for wisdom because we need it. We ask for wisdom because God wants us to use what he's given us to navigate. Last thing is circumstances. Circumstances. Matthew 10, I love this one. Here's a, here's a basis for this. Jesus speaking to the disciples, about to send them out. He says, whatever town, Matthew 10, 11, whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. That's very profound. Stay at their house until you leave. Um, as you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it's not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake off the dust from your feet. So how were the disciples to know which house they should stay at on their missionary journeys? Well, Jesus said to try and find out who is ready to host you, enter their house with a greeting and then see what happens. Circumstance. He said to see what happens. If the household shows you that they're ready to help, then stay there. But if they turn out not to be willing to help, then leave. Jesus did not say fast and pray until you receive a dream about which house you should stay in. Come on. I am still Pentecostal, don't worry. Dave, David's texting Wayne Elkhorn right now. He's like, you should hear what he's preaching about. He's telling us we've got to use common sense. <laughs> isn't it true? I'm, don't get me wrong. We, we need the Holy Spirit and don't forget the title of the message and the overarching theme. Stay close to the shepherd. The green pastures and the still waters, he knows when I need the green pasture and he knows when I need the still water. I just got to stay close enough and he'll guide me. But God guides us through these five different ways and I want to encourage you with this. I've got three tips to finish with. But God does use circumstances to guide us, to get our attention and to guide us along the light path. But I think we all know, and I hope this helps someone today, I really do. But, and I hope it's just a good refresher and a good reminder for us today. But let's not forget that we want to see, we want to see confirming guidance, right? 
So, oh, well, because we all know the heart is deceitful above all else, yeah? So if I just run with the circumstances, Josh has the ability to maybe make the circumstances fit what he wants. So what we're looking for is we're looking for, you know, when I'm, when, when I'm needing guidance, when Sharon and I are seeking God about the next 10 years of our life and what God wants to do through our finances, what he wants to do through our family, what he wants to do through all these areas, our emotions and our friendships, we're, we're seeking confirming signs. We're looking for, for God to speak in the different ways that he speaks. We're looking for his guidance to bring it all together. Amen? So I want to give you three tips to fill. Number one, don't be a boss, be a sheep. And this is really important because in leading our churches, we're all the boss. I'm the boss. You might not use that terminology, but at the end of the day, the buck stops somewhere. And I'm the boss. I may, I'll make the call and I'll sort it out. But you know what? Let's just never forget that we are first sheep. We are first sheep. And if the Lord is our shepherd, then we must relate as sheep who are 100% reliant on their shepherd for everything. Stay close to the shepherd. So don't just be a boss, be a sheep. We lead because we're led, because we're submitted. Second thing I'd say is don't walk alone. Don't walk alone. You all know there's a story about 100 sheep and one becomes disconnected from the pack. What does the great shepherd teach us? To go after the one. Why? the shepherd knows that that sheep is vulnerable you're vulnerable when you're walking alone you are you are you are for a wolf a lamb dinner in the making so don't isolate yourself if you're processing if you're if you're transitioning whatever season you're in don't walk alone don't walk alone the last tip I give you is don't be unleadable and don't be unguidable don't graduate to a point in leadership where you go, I've been around the block plenty of times. I've learned some stuff. I know some stuff. This is the way it is. My ability to lead flows from my ability to be led. The shepherd. Let's never graduate that. Don't be unleadable. Don't be unguidable. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to Lord, I thank you this morning for every pastor, leader, team member that is here. Those serving in lay capacities, volunteering their time, whatever it may be, Lord, we just bring everyone before you this morning. And God, I pray that this, this message today, practical, foundational message, I just pray that there would be something in this for all of us. But God, my ultimate prayer for every single one in this room is I want to pray, Lord, a prayer on behalf of all of us, declaring that, God, we, we're staying close to the shepherd. We make a fresh commitment today. Where we've strayed, we're, we're staying close to the shepherd. Where we've gone down the wrong path, we, we're staying close to the shepherd. Where we need green pastures and still waters, we're staying close to the shepherd. Where our soul is tired today, we're staying close to the shepherd. Where we've gone down wrong paths and we need right paths, we're staying close to the shepherd. And I pray for each person today, for every single one of us. I pray for a greater sense of kingdom alignment. I pray for your refreshment to come upon us. And I pray today that each one of us would know what it is to be close 
close, close, close to the shepherd. Breathe upon each one, I pray, Holy Spirit, in your name. Amen. Yes, let's give, let's give the Lord a hand and thank Pastor Josh as well for that great message.